Welcome to So This Works, the lifestyle and business podcast focusing on the importance of having a healthy work-life balance. My name is Marcus Lee and I'm your host. On this episode, I speak to Joanna Pease, a life coach based in West Yorkshire in the United Kingdom. We discuss why she chose a career in life coaching, why it's perfectly fine to change your career multiple times, and she shares a near-death experience which changed everything. I really appreciate you tuning into the podcast. And can I ask you a special favour, which is if you listen to podcasts on iTunes, please, when you're on there, could you give the podcast a quick review? It really helps with the exposure. But in the meantime, I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, nod your head when the beat kicks in and we'll get into episode 19. Stay tuned. Joanna Pease, welcome to the So This Works podcast. I am really glad that you are taking some time to talk to me. How are you doing? Hi, Marcus. I'm doing well, thanks. Um, we're nearly at the end of 2020, so that's good. Christmas is on its way. Christmas is coming. <laughs> are you one of these people who also feels like 2020 can't end soon enough? A little bit. I uh, We can't deny it. I think that's what we feel. We can't be in denial about it and shut it away. I think it's going to have its place on the shelf, yeah. but we will not look at it in extreme fondness, that's for sure. But you know good things have happened in the midst of whirlwinds as well definitely yeah I like that yeah so you are a life coach so yes tell me about life coaching how did you uh, move into the career of life coaching yeah so that was a, a question of honesty really um, I've always worked as a manager in various industries so from daycare nursery um, to commercial property and the one thread that I've taken away about all of those is just how I loved working with people but taking out the best out of them so the fun part of every job I've had was being in a team but also pulling out potential where I could see something in somebody and knew if they can just stretch a bit further they can get to that they might actually get promoted if they do a bit more of this I'd love to see so and so just reach a bit higher if they could develop that yep. gosh that would be amazing and I think for me getting the buzz out of seeing a transformation yeah from somebody coming in on the day one to coming out you know three years later in a different position yeah it's a real buzz and and so I didn't realize that until probably the end of last year just being sat down in an honest conversation with myself yeah feeling not quite fulfilled in life doing the motions of going to work and that's fine but actually you know when you've had a moment of pause to then think am I actually happy and to honestly say I don't think I am yeah and then just think what is it that you want to do if there was no limits or if there was no restraints now that we have any restriction but if there's no restraints there and now yeah what do you like doing? What is it that you keep gravitating to, Joanna? And for me, I had two options. So yeah. it was interior design, which I love. I, I go to Home Sense all the time. I love looking at people's homes. Yeah. Or it was something along the lines of talking, conversing, and helping somebody out of my own self which was life coaching. I didn't want to call it life coaching because I felt it was a bit cheesy. So I thought personal development coach or some sort of mentor. But I gravitated to that because I naturally love 
talking and I want to help people. There's that sort of innate feeling of wanting to draw something out. You know, when you yeah. see something and you think, gosh, I could be doing that. Yeah. If only I knew they could be doing that. I need to help. And then, so I came to the reasoning of, right, I cannot sew curtains. I don't make cushions. Let's go for life coaching. Let's go <laughs> life for Life coaching would, life coaching would. Yeah. Yeah, I think just throughout those years, um, probably like yourself, I've, I don't know if you've been listening to John Maxwell here and there, um, in, and, and, and uh, Tony Robbins, of course, but there's people that I've been listening to on podcasts and I think, gosh, I love hearing these things. Yeah. So it's what, that that I gravitated to and I just thought there's something there that's magnetizing me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Fantastic. So when people come to you as a um, you know come to you as a life coach, are they yeah. approaching you because they tend to want help in their workplace or on a personal level, well, or is it to do with fitness? Why why, yeah. why do people why would people come to you? So I won't be able to help with fitness as much because um, <laughs> I don't believe I've got all the analogy of the anatomy of a body, but. When people come, so like here we are now, it's November 2020. Yeah. The most number of requests are coming in for career help. Yeah. There are so many, nine out of 10 career help. Um, alongside with that, after that is confidence because people have been made redundant. It's knocked their confidence and rightly so. They take it personally. They question themselves. Is it me? Why did they choose me? Yeah. Why was it me Why, instead of so-and-so? Mm. And all of that is taking a real knock yeah. on people's confidence. Um, and at the same time, the job market is horrendously competitive, which yeah. actually could be good for an employer. But for the employee, they are really going to have to pull the socks up, develop some new swords maybe and just, but it, at the same time, it's it's confidence. So I think definitely the biggest, most popular request now is career, um, right. change in career or development in career, a questioning of themselves. Um, am I in the right career? So yeah. all of that's going on at the moment. Right. I mean, here's your first difficult question then. <laughs> Life coaching, yeah. why should someone actually spend money on a life coach because yeah it sounds like a good thing but surely you can get some helpful advice from a friend or the internet right so why should someone invest the money and i'm not saying i'm not trying to be difficult why no no why should should someone invest money in a life coach which could be advice that maybe they could potentially get elsewhere yeah for free well rightly so i would definitely still go on google i would still talk to friends and i would still talk to family and i would always encourage that but life coaching is a personal service. So life coaching is to do with your inner goals. Like what is it inside of you that is yearning to come out? And I think some people haven't arrived at that point yet, but they feel like there's something more to life than this. They feel like, I wish I could do that, but I don't know how. Yeah. Or there's a lot of self-limiting beliefs that we've grown up with. For example, we might have clients that They've said, well, in my family, no one's ever been a doctor. Yeah. They've got that to get over. And to think that person could do that, but they've really got to get that mindset. So I find, yes, go to Google and yes, go to families and friends. And yes, they do know you well. But to go to a life coach, you are stepping out of your family and familiarity zone, yeah. your zone of comfort, where somebody who feels for you might actually encourage you to stay comfortable or yeah. to stay safe. For example, lots of family members would rather not see their kids go through an uncomfortable zone and just keep them safe out of just 
normal nurturing care yeah but that individual might really feel that there's something to reach for but nobody would stand next to them so the coach comes in they are the ones that will believe in that person but in the first session everything's laid on the table almost like a wheel of life let's look at your life let's look at the segments yeah which parts are really happy right now out of 10 which parts are you really not feeling great are there any sparks flying here is there any dull areas there so it's almost like a life anatomy but of you yeah um and I as a coach get to know that person's wiring but I'm also don't have the family attachment or the friend attachment so there's no bias there and there is also no awkwardness so it means that if I see that person in public we have an agreement that I don't have to say hello to them or we can wave from a distance but you don't have to tell anybody about me I can be that secret personal service that you know you come to me and we sort your wiring out (laughs) in a sense I know how you're wired I know your warts and all but I know how to rewire you as well Um, and I think that is what family and friends cannot do Mm. to some extent Google can offer um good advice there's loads on google but it's not personal to you yeah so for example i um you know we'll do some personality tests i'm a according to myers-briggs i'm an entj and with these tests you're able to figure out how this person reacts um what how do they take this how do they perform in that situation do they work well under pressure or not it's just so intricate and everybody's so uniquely wide and I have learned that everybody is completely unique. And even if we do do personality tests, you still figure out, actually, no, that person is a two-sided coin. Yeah, They can do X, Y, Z. Did yeah. they know that? I don't think they've learned that yet. And personality and uh, self-awareness is what I will hopefully allow that person to see. And then it's a journey, really. And right now it's flexible. I know some life coaches sell blocks of sessions, but yeah. I think, with the here and the now it's just as it comes but I do believe everybody needs coaching or we all need a coach to go to so like an athlete would have them for a particular working of their body for a particular performance if you're a high jumper you're going to be working on specific anatomies for that um, maximum performance so again it's a life coach is specific to you if you want to work on your confidence, your yeah. position, your stance, your posture, how are you coming across? Yeah. It's really tailor made. So yeah, that's, yeah. That's and it's and it's confidential as well. These areas of our lives are quite delicate. Yeah. I think when you find that you can talk to some friends about some things, some friends about all things. You can talk to family about some things, but the way that they will react will be different to how a personal life coach reacts. Yeah. Great answer. <laughs> I think Sorry, that was I think, a bit long. No, that's fine. I think, I think you've sold me there. I think you've. I think you've answered that question really well. Yeah, great. Um, I mean, there's something that I, I really liked what you said um, earlier in the conversation about people get to an age and they think, well, what makes me happy? You said that about yourself when you yeah, know you reach yeah. a point in your your life and your career and you think, well, what makes me happy? Am I really happy mm. in this job or am I just doing mm. it just to pay bills? And and I often wonder yeah. why, why does it why does it take people so long to get to that place? I think we as adults try and be in control and what we do but to just look well I'm a mother and I'm busy looking after the kids and if they're I'm constantly aware of them yeah but we forget about ourselves and I think the busyness of life has got a lot to answer for yeah 
we do the motions, but we actually don't stop to think about how am I? Yeah. Or how am I feeling? And be really honest. Yeah. But we, we don't get there sometimes until we've been completely put away out of a situation or left the building or gone for a walk. Yeah. Um, and I think that was for me, I was in a particular place at my job. I'd, I've loved the journey there, but to feeling fulfilled was starting to ebb. Um, and yeah. I started to feel like things were diminishing. I thought, is it a new season? It feels like, and that's all right as well. We sometimes have seasons in our work life where you think you're going to be in the job for the next 20 years. And I yeah. used to think that. But then yeah. a life, for some reason, our insides change. And that's, again, what life coaching does. We're aware of seasons of life. We think we're going to be a solicitor all our lives. Yeah. Till you reach a point that you're thinking, I feel like I'm not fulfilled anymore. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is. And I can't answer that. But all I know is that people do reach a little point of needing a change. And it's, yeah. it's interesting. It's funny because when you say you, you think you're going to be one thing your entire life, I think about some of the career choices I made from the age of 14. <laughs> and I'd love, I'd love to find out some of your career choices. But I think when I was 14, yeah. I wanted to be an architect for a while. And then I ah. thought, I don't think I'd be good at that. Then I wanted to be a doctor. And then I realised yeah. I didn't like seeing people be sick. And then <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be a software engineer for a while. And I was really big into that. And I looked at university yeah. courses. Then I changed my mind. Wow. And I wanted to be a musician for, for a long period. And I really pursued that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it was, it was probably around the age of 25. Uh, yeah. even though I'm like 18 now but it was around the age of 25 <laughs> <laughs> when I, I decided that yeah I want I want to do film and so I've constant I've consistently stayed in that but when I was 16 yeah. you know around careers advisors that that was never uh -huh. on the table and careers advisors no. told me well you can get a job in an office if you like computers or you could you can be an IT person if you like computers so yeah. I just wonder for you like have you gone through several career yeah. changes and <laughs> choices in your mind for starters, do you remember QDOS at school? It was that program that you go on and answer several questions and it tells you what your career would be. So mine yeah. was actually swimming pool attendant. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you've just followed that all the way. <laughs> all the way and here I am. <laughs> Saving lives. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Because I think that just tells me we're not on our own and it's explorative, isn't it? Yeah. And that's what life coaching is. It's explorative until you get to the aha that is it moment. Yeah. yeah. You've got to go around the houses, so to speak. So for me, um, right, Ali McBeal was a Channel 4 programme and she was a lawyer. Yeah. Guess what I wanted to do? I wanted to do law. So I yeah. did. I went to um, Bradford University, but because I spoke Spanish, I managed to do Spanish with law. Um, unfortunately, I got ill during the first year and I didn't yeah. go back. But again, being in hospital <laughs> yeah. made me question do I enjoy it? Because yeah. the one thing that triggered this off was at university, there was an Audi TT sat outside the library. Right. So I went up out of curiosity and I said to the guy, I said, why is this here? What is it a competition? Yeah. Can I enter? He said, no, we're from an IT company. If you were to work for us after graduation, you can have one of these. And I thought, IT, what do you mean IT? You know, working in an office based. And yeah. I thought, oh, is that all I'm going to end up doing after this? I'm going yeah. to work in an office for that. Yeah. And it really hit me. At the time, I was working part time at Harvey Mix on yeah. a just as a Saturday job. Yeah, yeah. But I loved it. I absolutely loved the relationships with my coworkers, but also the ability to sell stuff and talk with clients. Yeah. Um. Really, that's where the sparks were flying. But I didn't realize at the time. 
Yeah. But I made the brave step after hospital to leave university for now and just go and work for Harvey Nichols full time. So then I progressed there up to a management role. But I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um. So I never went back to university after that. I thought, no, I'm not going back now. Yeah. Um. And then again, like you say, seasons change. So I remember um, I was engaged to Kev, but then I had sort of a desire to work with young children, which I've never had that before. Yeah. Um, so then I retrained as a nursery nurse practitioner yeah. Yeah. and set up my own day nursery business. Right. Um, I absolutely loved it. I, I served at the church for about 15 years and worked in a crash. Yeah. But there was just something there, you know, yeah. that just said I'm in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Um, and, and again, seasons change. Um, we had our own children. We set the business up and then it changed again. And we sold our house and something kicked off there when we sold the house. It was a real buzz. Yeah. So then Kevin, we bought another house, been here, developed it. And during COVID, sold it in a week. Got an extortionate amount that we'd never would have guessed. Yeah. And given us the opportunity to to do that again. So it's funny how you just keep going round mountains, but. All I'll say is that as long as you're happy in that particular season, yeah. to not feel guilty about swapping and changing. But yeah, I used to feel like I wanted to be a pathologist as well. My dad used to work in a morgue and a pathology right. lab, and I was inspired and curious. But now I think no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think just let's leave it. Inspired let's leave it and curious. I, yeah. when, when I was when I was a kid, when I was seven, I wanted to be a bus driver. Because I, I I loved going on buses. I absolutely <laughs> loved buses, and my family make fun of me because I was I was a bit of a geek when I was younger, and I, I knew all the bus routes in in the city of Bradford, and and you wow. I knew the streets Marcus. they went on. It it was a little that is bit serious. It, it was a bit of a, a rain man moment in my life. Yeah, weren't you? That <laughs> but, really is. <laughs> I know, but but you know, to think now, would I want to be a bus driver? I, you know, not to you know that's a career that some people want to do but i just i, yeah. I, I just definitely wouldn't want to do that now yeah, um, but you must have had to explore that option to almost get it out of your system really yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> but these are the experiences the that we go exactly <laughs> oh yeah the ultra riders <laughs> remember those yeah um, do you remember the um what's that card that you used to put it ka-ching, ka-ching. Remember those? i do i used to love those things you're aging is now <laughs> I know. You're making this sound I don't really like we're care not anymore. You're making this sound like we're not 21. Oh, <laughs> and that's I saw the, it on Google. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I researched it as well. I researched it as well. <laughs> Interested that you say all that. I did want to ask you about a particular experience that uh, I've heard you discuss before because. Yeah. It's interesting when we talk about the things that shape us, the experiences that we go through. You know, you, you, yeah. you experience those careers and they shape you and they they make you think differently about what you'll do once you when you leave that particular yeah. career. You've obviously shared with me and other people an experience yeah. which was a, more or less a life and death experience. Yeah. Um, and I'd, I'd I'd love it not to dig into it just so you know mm. it's dramatic or anything like that. But I'd love it. I'd love it if you if you'd share that with us and then yeah. obviously talk about how you feel like it shaped you going forward. Yeah, I think that's good. Um, so that was the second near-death experience, Marcus. All right. Um, okay. Um, the second, the first time was when I had my second-born son. I had something called eclampsia, and I, I was nearly a goner, right. about to be put on a dialysis machine. And anyway, I'm here to tell a story. Yeah. So that's another story. Yeah. So the second time was um, Biarritz, south of France. I have never seen waves so high. My reaction to things like that is the inner child just wants to go out on an adrenaline rush and jump in the waves. Yeah. At, 
my kids had these body boards and um, it was really good fun. And I think I have to say, if you're in a stressful job or in a very intense job, the best thing you can do is just go and play. Yeah. And um, that was just exhilarating. And uh, it was so much fun because it's like a roller coaster on the water. Yeah. Um, kids asked for the bodyboard back, so I gave it back, and I saw further into the water a guy was just free fall swimming, and I thought, yeah, I've not done that for a while. Let's go for that. Right. So I went over, and the thrill of it, just the waves—I have never seen waves that big. They were big. Yeah. But never thought of what was about to happen. So I went over three and four, and I think like the next wave, it sucked me out. I have never had anything feel like that that I was being pulled into a washing machine but all I can say is that pulling and all just losing control right so I didn't still know what was happening but I remember Kev seeing me being pulled back you could literally see it like a suction yeah he said are you all right and I raised my hand just to give him because I to just let him know above the wave my hand is there and I said actually I'm not all right I'm not all right but the waving of my hand, I didn't realise, was a call for emergency. So there was lifeguards on the beach. And of course, I don't read French. There was a sign next to the beach saying, do not free swim beyond right. this point. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And there was obviously a helicopter rescue nearby. I didn't read the sign. But anyway, I was following this other guy. And yeah. there was a group of uh, young teens, you know, in the 20s, like our age. Yeah. They were swimming um, further out as well but at this point this wave was really distinct it was really high everybody could notice that I then started asking the guy in front can you push me towards the shore I just need to get back to shore I'm panicking now yeah so he was pushing my feet um and then he got dragged back out with me right and uh, he went all quiet and then I'd bumped into a Chinese girl so as we were being pulled out um a Chinese girl she then held on to me because she felt this suction like me the washing machine feeling that if we go under the water we're going to drown because it felt like it was a a cycle of uh, emotion underneath if you go under you've had it and I I really started to panic I just (laughs) at that point the water was still pulling us out yeah and my children then started to look like pinheads and they were stood on the side. And yeah. Kev, um, at that point, I find out later, he'd gone to the lifeguard trying to speak French and remember all the perfume adverts from Chanel and say, La Femme, right. La Femme in Lo Aqua. Yeah. And uh, um, so at that point, I really thought I was gone. And the one question that I thought was, if this wave overtakes me, I can't believe this is how I end. And the question then that came next was, is this it? Are you kidding me? Mm. And I remember thinking, I'm, I'm in my 30s. Are you kidding me? Is this how I'm going to end? I did not anticipate this. You know, sometimes in life you just have a, I know tragedy happens and that catches us out. But generally as people, we do think I'll be living till X, Y, Z age. Yeah. And I'll anticipate this a very, very vague goal yeah a very vague sort of life plan yeah that caught me out and uh I was really panicking absolutely fearing for my life and at that moment I just thought I think I can't the kids are what I what this is just tragic I'm I'm going I'm just like what so all those questions then started to flood but just the ultimate panic (laughs) I literally look up to the sky and say god have mercy on me yeah um so within 
I you can difficult to tell time really when you're in something that's so intense but I'd say within minutes I don't know if it was seconds but a lifeguard grabbed me yeah I didn't know he was a lifeguard he just had a basic t-shirt on and swam me further out with this Chinese girl and the other lads yeah so of course I'm asking questions what are you doing I need to be back to shore that's where my my family is and all yeah, that and yeah. he said you need to swim further out and I thought are you kidding me are you one of them students having a laugh I'm going to elbow you in the face and I kept asking him who are you what you doing why are we swimming out this way but of course he was busy holding us and swimming out that he couldn't answer that did actually make me panic even more yeah but towards the end we got out so I was half a mile out of the shore yeah he said you need to swim out because you've got to go over the waves so we had to go over more waves um, and then he made me swim through one of them and they eventually calmed down. So half a mile away from the shore, you don't get the waves. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize. So the, what they do is then when there's a riptide, you meant to swim out instead of against it. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there was five of us by then. There was two other young people by a rock. Um, and I think it was just it was just traumatizing for everyone. So. We were treading water for what felt like 40 minutes. Right. And they said a helicopter's coming. And I, in my head, I'm thinking, this feels like Baywatch. Yeah. Is this for real? Yeah. I couldn't see my family then at the point. We were way out in the water. And I don't know what was happening on the other side. But all I could think of is just keep treading or yeah. else you've had it, love. Yeah. Um, and at that point, then I was able to just take a breath and somebody else came to swim out and they brought along bodyboard as well. So they just slammed me on it. Obviously, maybe I looked like the older one, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember as they slammed me down, I just felt like I can take a breath and I just yeah. burst out crying. Right. And then within that 40 minute or what it felt like, the helicopter came to rescue us. Um, so they pulled me up. Um, and that was scary even helicopter over the water it plunges the water over you so it's just it was just very scary I was just fearing for my life slammed me onto the helicopter with the Chinese girl and the lad and I burst out crying yeah he looked like he'd seen a ghost and she was just flapping everywhere um we, we then got flown back onto the beach shore where they actually evacuated everybody out of sea so it's like a Jaws scene yeah um and then at that point, Kevin, the family and friends were just looking out for who was on this helicopter. Would that person need resuscitating? Yeah. Uh, so they slammed us out, fell out onto the sand, and then he saw that we'd got up and I was sort of wobbling on my knees. And it was, I'll never forget that moment, but I kind of do want to forget some of it. Yeah. Um, so as, as the days went on, I couldn't sleep properly. Yeah. I uh, I was afraid of going to sleep because I was afraid of reliving it in my sleep and yeah. it's just been a horrendous experience but as the as the years went so I think about two years it took me to get over it properly even yeah. looking at movies you know like prison break or yeah. anything with a beach I used to just jump on the inside with fear yeah and then what Kev did to me the day after this incident he said we've got to go back in the water how much you are you are kidding me what kind of husband are you <laughs> yeah <laughs> he said you've got to go back in or else you're gonna have a serious issue yeah I, went, I really hate you right now <laughs> but we did we took an he took me to a different beach with the family and just made me stand in the water yeah. but even the waves shook me but I think it helped um yeah. and then we went back to Beer but never went in the water, but just to 
just to go back and look at it from a different angle. So I think he was, whatever he did, I think it helped. But yeah. at the time, I really couldn't deal with it. But yeah. out of all of that, the question that I cannot believe I asked myself is, are you kidding me? Is this how my life ends? <laughs> yeah. So from that, I remember I felt like that because there was a disappointment too. But I've got all these things I want to do. Yeah. I, I wanted to do all this and I wanted to become... Um, old in my age and have yeah. a legacy to leave I would like to have an impact on the next generation all of that's being cut off now are you kidding me yeah and I remember just feeling that like I can't believe this is how I end are you kidding me um and I wonder if that question and that vision that I did have before I got in the water actually pushed me to stay above the water yeah. I will never know um yeah. but what I do know is that my lesson out of that was to have a vision it can possibly keep you fighting for something that you believe you want to do so I think that is my lesson out of that and I felt that was one of the triggers to why be a life coach is to take the fear away of look if you were going to drown have you got any regrets and the answer is you don't want to be in that position yeah Joanna can I say thank you for sharing that because that's really (laughs) difficult for you to share a life and death experience it's not entertaining yeah. it's not it's not fun no. it's not something that you're looking back at laughing at but I really no. I, I, I appreciate you sharing that because it's, it's obviously very personal to you but thank you for being open thank you, I think that, that will that will help other people um yeah there's, there's, there's a few things that you, you mentioned there that you know I just wanted to just touch on again like the, just the thing that you yeah. said towards the back end about you know is this my legacy is my life ending are you kidding me yeah. um this year 2020 Lots of people have, have sadly lost their lives, hundreds and thousands, yeah. m- millions yeah. of people. I'm not sure what, well, in general, with or without COVID, millions of people die every year. Yeah. So lots of people have, have tragically died this year. I think yeah. one of the most famous deaths, if you like, I don't like the word famous, but of a famous person. So the, yeah. the actor who played Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman, he died yes. and he was four, yes. 43 years old. Uh, wow. which, which is giving something away. It's four years away from my age of 39. Yeah. And when someone dies and their age is quite close to your own age, you start thinking, mm. oh gosh, well, that's their life done and dusted now. And, and and they've more or less got the same time that I've got. And just like you yeah. you said, you think, well, I've yeah. got another 40 years or another 60 years left yeah. to, to yeah. achieve lots of things. I'm going to change my careers lots of times. I'm going to do this. I'm going to see my grandchildren, you know, yeah. I'm going to do Absolutely. all of this. And I think that yeah. idea of thinking, well, yes, is, is this it? Mm. Is this how it's going to end? Because I, I was know. expecting to die from old age, you think yeah. that. But then also when yeah. someone who's, you know, within five or ten years of our age group dies and you think mm. that that's it, that's their shot yeah. done and dusted. And, and, yeah. and I feel like there's something more tragic about that because you feel like someone has so yeah. much more life to live yeah. um, and that's been taken away and it can be taken away um, in, 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 in an instant. You know, Caroline Flack, a television yes. presenter, died yeah. early this year. I think she's 40 years yeah. old. And that to me is so young and there's so much it's life just, that has been taken away from her. And that's why we all feel it, don't we? We all feel like it's that such a tragedy heart dropping yeah. moment. And and even this morning, just walking the dog. Do you remember that movie? I think it was called In Time. It would have Justin Timberlake and it was the currency of time. And I remember feeling like this morning, just thinking, actually, money might be irrelevant now. It's what I'm doing with the time that's yeah. becoming more important um, every day here we've got a challenge whether it's school or something going on you just think this is the day I've got yeah. um, it's a really sobering moment isn't it and it almost like you don't want to go there but I think it's a 
is a good thing to go yeah. there. Um, I mean, one of the exercises in life coaching, and I, when I first looked at it, I thought, oh, it's a bit morbid, is that? But they said, what would you like people to say at your funeral? Yeah. And then you work backwards. Yeah. What would you like people to say at your 80th and then work backwards? And it just, it brings out something that maybe is in there, but you're not quite sure what it is. But it, it it's using tools that are drawing things out that are within you that maybe you didn't realize yet. Um, you know, I, I didn't realize until I was in my 30s that I loved talking, yeah. <laughs> communicating, yeah. speaking. I didn't know that. But then when you look back and realize, actually, as a little five-year-old girl, I'd be in the garden singing and using my mouth. My yeah. mouth is rather big, actually. <laughs> but you do question these things. I can fit my fist in it. <laughs> but you do start to Thanks think, for sharing. Hmm, I'm joining the dots. <laughs> um, so... so Going back to that experience where, you know, it was a real life and death moment, how has that affected you, you know, present day? You know, does that affect your relationships? Does it affect your relationship with water? Does it affect how you um, interact with people? Does it it play in your mind regularly? Yeah. So to to retell a story, um, you know, it took me about two years to get over it. The first time I was retelling it, only a few days after the holiday we'd got back, I remember retelling it and bursting out crying. I thought, oh, there's something not right here. Yeah. And I do remember it took over two years to get over because the triggers were movies or anything that would resemble waves, never mind seeing somebody struggle. Oh, Titanic, you know, that yeah. it just, yeah. it, it makes me, it made me shudder inside. But then there's the common sense rule as well. Maybe I shouldn't have swam over those waves like I did. And I didn't know what a riptide looked like either. So my lack of knowledge didn't help in this situation. So common sense would say, we went on holiday with our friends and my friend um, was stood on the shore, just feet in the water. And that's all she was just watching the kids, sensible girl, I'd say now. Whereas for me, my kids were a bit older and I thought, you know what, I'm going to go and have fun as well. And and it was that that got me caught short. Um, but in terms of life, my daughter, it impacted her because she was afraid that at that moment she would have lost her mother and they could see what was happening, which was the worst. So I felt for them and always talked about it with them because feeling that if they can talk it out, then we can find any issues that need to be resolved or helped. Yeah. Um, so I think she felt it the most. My two sons were older, but they were able to understand what happened so they're more logical so they understood you know mommy was a bit silly in the water yeah. that's how we phrase it yeah um with my daughter i'll say i will never do that again it has given me an ultimate respect for water you cannot control it yeah and i felt like when i've been watching surfers sometimes on some sky channels i thought oh my gosh oh my gosh um but they're trained and yeah. they know what they're doing and they know the risks. But yeah. it has brought me to give an ultimate respect for nature, actually, yeah. for water and the power yeah. that it has. But in terms of life, it really woke me up to think I went to that point that feeling like I could go yeah. and drown. And that is so sad to think um, that's how it could have been. Yeah. But to think now, life is really precious, not anything else. It's the time. And for me, the question of what are you going to do with it is the biggest thing. And, you know, my husband's very different to me. He's logical, he's careful, he's very common sense. And I'm a bit of pie in the sky. But actually, I think he can see a bit of 
no, you go for it then. Yeah. You go for it. Yeah. Because there's nothing to lose. And I think that's what it is. It, get pushed in that point you just think I've got nothing to lose the risk factor now of taking risks um are higher so yeah. like with our house purchasing journey at the moment we've taken some massive risks yeah but we've both thought well what have we got to lose I'm still here yeah. yep you are <laughs> so that's what's inspired some things in our journey now with house developments there's nothing to lose yeah. um and yeah like you say people in their particular age category we would rather settle or there's things that we choose to do, but then there's other things that you think, well, stuff it. Yeah. Let's just go for it. Yeah. What have you got to lose? Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, it's a bit of gusto now, I think. It, it, like they say, I think it's the resistance that brings out that strength in yeah. the muscle that you didn't know you had. Yeah, that's really good. Should we take the conversation in a little bit more of a light-hearted direction? Yeah, <laughs> I feel let's like I've, enlighten I've, somebody. I've, 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 I've gone really deep into, yeah, just some dark dark issues. Let, let's lighten it up a little bit. That's fine. <laughs> but thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate You're that. You're welcome. Um, everyone who comes on the podcast ends up playing this game uh, called ah. Would You Rather? And would you rather, for anyone who doesn't know, does exactly what it says in the tin, I, I give you two options and yep. I say, would you rather do this or would you rather do that? And it's just a bit of fun just to find out a little bit more about the type of person you are away from the yep. world of work. <laughs> so I've got 10 questions for you. And the only rule is that you have to give an answer. You have to choose one. You can't say yep. I wouldn't do either of them. So some of them are a little bit silly and some of them are a bit deeper. So once you choose one, I might ask you why. Why did you choose that one? I might ask you to explain that one. Okay. Um so Joanna Pease, are you ready for would you rather I'm ready on the Let's So This Works this. podcast. Here we go. So <laughs> ten questions and we'll go with the first question. So Joanna. Yeah. Would you rather win the lottery but have to spend it all in a day or or triple your salary forever? Uh triple my salary forever. Any particular reason why? Yes, I believe in compound interest and uh, multiplication. A one bulk dump of money could be fine, but the mentality behind that could be spend it all at once. Whereas if you're compounding interest, you're working towards something. You know what? I've asked other people uh, that question on this podcast, and I think you give me the best answer. Oh, that was good. That was good. Right, okay. (laughs) Good start. Okay, next question. Would you rather have to hunt and gather all of your food? Or eat McDonald's for every meal? Oh, hunter-gather, she says. I don't like the outdoors, Marcus. <laughs> I hate tenting, and I've never camped. <laughs> Are you sure McDonald's isn't a better option than for you? <laughs> yeah, you see, McDonald's might just kill me off after ten years. Did you remember that Super Size Me program? Yeah, I do, I do. Yeah, after a month of watching him. <laughs> so, um, hunter-gatherer, I might develop an inner in a wild streak and the trophy is the thing that i've killed besides maybe i've got nothing else to do why not fair enough (laughs) (laughs) next question next question would you rather here's a deep one would you rather never use social media again or never watch another movie ever again oh i think yeah no i'd never watch a movie again okay social media wins social media wins yeah that's fine. Next question. Would you rather receive several small but meaningful gifts from your husband or uh-huh. receive one big flashy gift? Uh, 
Yes, several meaningful gifts from my husband. Okay. I'll share this podcast after we'll, this. We'll share it because Christmas is coming. It's, it's not Christmas, fun. yeah. Not fun. <laughs> they need help. Nice one. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. Um, would you rather... It's a bit of a psychological question. Would you rather be unable to close any door once it's open or be unable to open any door once it's closed? Um, I would rather be able to close it once it's open. Is that to do with drafts or you don't like open <laughs> Well, we do live in Yorkshire. <laughs> it's the curiosity side of me, the explorative one, and just checking that I've covered all bases and that I like the process of elimination. So I know that I've been there and I know for sure that's not for me, then I'll close it. Fantastic. Next one. Would you rather stay inside during a snow day or go outside and build a snowman? Can we sledge? Snowman. Okay, snowman. <laughs> snowman and sledging, yeah. Okay, as long as you're staying outside, you can sledge as well. That's cool. <laughs> Question seven of seven of ten. Um, would you rather give up air conditioning and heating for the rest of your life or, mm-hmm. or give up the internet for the rest of your life? Oh, air conditioning and heating. You need the internet. Mm. Is that because we all just use the internet and it's just the part of who we are now? It is. I would say, um, in particularly over lockdown, Instagram has become a community. And do you know what the most fulfilling side of it is? Talking to a random stranger about similar issues that you've got. It's amazing. They could be in Cincinnati and you just didn't know that you've gone through the same life experiences. I just think that's really special. Okay, cool. That's interesting. Next one, and again, this is me being really deep. Um, yeah. If you have to drive to work, let's imagine you've got a three-mile journey to work. Would you yeah. rather walk to work in heels or drive to work in reverse? <laughs> um, I think I'd rather walk to work in heels. Okay. Is your driving skills not up to the level of being able to drive in reverse? Or three? I don't like going backwards. That <laughs> feeling of going backwards, nah, not for me. I haven't worn heels for the last eight months and I do miss them. I yeah. used to wear them every day for work, but yeah. Can you, can you sit facing backwards on a train? No, I always like to sit forwards if I get the choice. It's a funny one. I don't like to see where I've... Yeah. Maybe it's oh, nice. I'd rather see where I'm going. You don't like look, looking backwards. That's that's good. Though. No, that's I cool. don't. <laughs> cool. Okay. Last two questions. Um, would you rather take amazing selfies, but look terrible in all of the photos, or be photogenic everywhere but in your selfies? Um, I think the first one because it's the real me, okay. and we all know what filters do. <laughs> We all need a good filter from now now and then. Oh, we do, though. Yeah. Nice one. Um, Final question. Would you rather always be stuck in traffic, but always be able to find a perfect parking spot, or never hit traffic, but always take forever to park? Um, Yeah, I think no traffic and struggle to find a place to park. Isn't that slightly infuriating if you're driving around a car park for ages, though? Um, I have been... um, here comes a confession. I have moved cones once or twice to just oh. bump my car in there. Or I do think quite creatively. So there are elements where I've parked that no one else thought of, and there was no yellow lines, there was no illegalities of it. But I just thought, well, why isn't anyone else? It's like it's a bit of field on the it's... pavement. <laughs> <laughs> Next to the cow. But you just think, well, 
we'll figure that out as long as I get there and and I always it's a sort of problem solving buzz that you get but you know I've done most of the journey but to figure out the little hitch now I'm fine with that wonderful that is the end of would you rather so well done you've taken part and I think you've passed the test as well so congratulations congratulations (laughs) (laughs) so going forward just coming back again to life coaching in fact I'll tell you what just before life coaching um Mm -hmm. I don't know if I asked you this but you may have touched on it but I tend to ask people how do you juggle work life and you know your life away from the world of work so how yeah. do you how do you find a work life balance or is it something that you you struggle to find because often sometimes people like to work all of the hours yeah. uh, available and then they struggle to get personal time and some people yeah. are the other way so what does work life balance look like for you Yeah I I'd say I've learned that since having my own business um so in the earlier days when I had my own business as a day nursery I had to switch off for my own sanity because it had an effect on my physical body so work-life balance is basically I love planning I love strategy and I always have the daily to-do list but I'm so geeky that I've put things in time slots so that I know my I've always got a cut-off point yeah so I'll get up early in the morning and that is my time. That is my only time before the kids are up, before Kev's up, before anybody speaks to me. It's just my own quiet time to think. I do see the importance of that. The day kind of starts as soon as the school run does. But I always make sure that throughout the day there's little pockets of breaks and that's like a cup of tea or quiet or reading a book. There's got to be a part of incentive in that day. Even though we work hard, you've got to have little breaks. Yeah. Um, it's switching the brain off and I always see myself as an iPhone we've got to recharge and yeah and the older we get we might need a bit more <laughs> <laughs> um but I always have a cut-off point at the end of the day as well so in terms of work-life life balance if if it's not pushing and urgent yeah. then by eight o'clock everything stops we've got um, I'd recommend this now if working from home I thought I'll work in the kitchen area because it's open plan. It's really nice. Yeah. But it didn't work out because as you're cooking a meal for the family, the laptop's staring at you and the pile of papers. So I'd gone back up to the home office and that closing of the door at a particular time is almost like that cue to stop. Yeah. So I definitely recommend, especially working from home, that there's a designated space, particularly for work and nothing else. So that when it's over it's over and you can close the door or pull a curtain or however it works yeah but to have that cut off point i think we as humans need a bit of time to wind down yeah um even holidays you feel wound down only after the second week yeah because we we take our time and and just on a day-to-day basis we have to just stop yeah and not feel guilty about it and i think for people who are you know i've got their own business it is hard but yeah for your insanity I think you do for your health actually because you might have issues like blood pressure anxiety yeah. or you go to bed thinking of work because the last thing you did was work yeah so a healthy habit would be to stop at a particular time yeah and just then be present in a different zone which could be family time Netflix time yeah um whatever else we can do in lockdown but yeah, just yeah to switch off really and and I used to have I used to be corporate of working all the hours but then what I realized I wasn't paying attention to the children I was snapping at them I'd be short I wouldn't be inspired to cook anything and life at home was just mundane and boring and yeah 
that's what I don't want. So yeah, of course. It's funny how a little shift just makes a massive impact. Definitely, definitely. I have this thing called zoning out. Um, so my zone yeah. out is where, you know, when when because we, we work for ourselves, we're always thinking about our our work and how much work yeah. is, is coming in Absolutely. and what's around the corner and, you know, what yeah. does work look like in six months? And yeah. that's an ongoing pressure that you might not yeah. have if you're employed by someone else. Yeah. So, you know, I have this thing where I'm going to zone out. For me, much yeah. much like Kev, because I know Kev, football is a, is a great yeah. way for me to zone out. Uh, so yeah. when, when I'm thinking about football, I'm not thinking about video production. <laughs> I'm not yeah. thinking about invoices or, you know, finances or anything yeah. like that. You know, if it's, if it's a mm-hmm. movie like you mentioned Netflix you know it's a great yeah. way to, to zone out because the problem yeah. or the issue will still be there when you come back but that opportunity yeah. to zone out and forget it for two hours yeah. or you know an evening yeah. is great and then it just gives you time to recharge doesn't it it does and I think it does something to the brain I'm not a psychologist but it does actually um settle things down yeah. and what happens if sometimes you've come back with a fresh perspective even going for a walk there's been times now I think me and Kev have established this when there's something to talk about we don't talk about it in the house because there's distractions the kettles on the tv the kids the dog we go for a walk yeah and I remember once um over 10 years ago we had a real it was awful I had to make people redundant in my business and we just couldn't discuss it in the house because we were stuck in these four walls we went for a drive and as long as we needed to drive, that's how long we discussed what we needed to do. But it was so funny because you're out of the house, you've gone out into the open, we headed towards Nairsborough yeah. and ended up parked up outside a little church in a field. But we came to a point of, ah, that's what we need to do. Right. We know what we need to do now. Great. Let's go back home. But yeah. it's funny and we're all different, but we, the brain does something once you've gone away from an intense situation it maybe reconfigures maybe it settles and introduces new perspective but yeah. it does work yeah so yeah just um just like i say coming towards the back end it's, it's a bit of a cheesy yeah. question but people people always say hey you know where do you see yourself in five years which is terrible and cheesy <laughs> well i used to so, say that well, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna ask you, I'm gonna ask you now i'm gonna be cheesy as well yeah um so yeah where do you see where do you see yourself in five years yeah um i will see myself as well assisting kev in property development i do love that side with interiors nothing yeah. else i can't build a wall yeah and as for me personally i'm a mother and i'd like to see the teenagers raised to be responsible children we're yeah. currently working on screen time and all these issues around that i'd hope to see some fruits of our labor in there yeah and professionally um i'd like to look at writing a book one day so right you know, an idea of something along the lines of a playbook based on that question I asked myself in the Riptide, which was, are you kidding me? Is this all of, you know, this is what it amounted to. Yeah. It's vision. You know, I just remember feeling like if you don't write this down, you're not going to do much about it. Yeah. So for me, I've been inspired by other people I've seen that have got planners and things like that, which are all well and good, but they don't go deep down into vision. Yeah. And what is it about me? So I'd love to create something like that. Um, and I just love to have a steady 
coaching business I don't want to be a Tony Robbins on this occasion I don't want to grow massively yeah on this occasion I just feel like I'm just doing what I really feel I can be doing yeah I'm happy to sort of steadily go as long as it's in line with family life balance but I'm happy and between the hours of nine and two I'm going all gusto for life coaching or something like that yeah cool that's great. So finally, um, yeah. well, not finally, is there any advice that you would give to someone who is following a similar path to you, anyone who's thinking yeah. of of saying goodbye to a job they've had for a long time and they just really want a career change or they want to yeah. start themselves in, in something that's independent? What advice would you give to that individual? Yeah, I think definitely take the time and there's no better time than lockdown. The, the best thing you can give yourself is a lot of time to ask yourself, to almost question yourself, what is it that makes me feel energised? What is it that I keep gravitating to? And for some people, it takes time. Um, so it could be just as broad as I'm really creative. I love working with paints. I love working in the garden. And if that's all you've got, it's a starting point. Yeah. I wouldn't say leave your job tomorrow to do that because there's no substantial business but what I would say is have a plan and the first thing to do is write down something so I always encourage journaling so first point of call might be I'm starting to feel unhappy in my job right write that down let's explore this well what is it if there was no limits what would you ideally want to do yeah and that question could take months to answer so I think with lockdown it's a great time especially over Christmas as well we find a lot of people take time over Christmas to consider their jobs and you find in January a lot of notices are handed in (laughs) it's weird but it happens yeah Um, yeah. but because people have had time to just sit down you've had your food you're leisurely you've wound down and your brain is sort of unwired and you're open to do you know what I think I really fancy becoming a textile designer or doing this so explorative is the biggest thing becoming self-aware is the best gift you could give yourself as well just knowing how you function do you work best as a team or do you want to be an independent trader Uh, do you want to be a freelancer ask as many questions as you can and we do that with life coaching at the beginning we always do like a discovery session and it's like a self-assessment on you but the more questions you can ask yourself to try and gauge what is it what is it that I love even that just take the time yeah. and then one door flicks open after another gradually and there's you know I I was it was really foggy the other day and I, when I was driving I couldn't see further than my face yeah and I remember just thinking I know where I want to go but I can't see beyond this and I remember yeah. feeling like that's how it is sometimes we have to edge forward rather than motor on in an unknown place yeah so I think just keep moving little steps even if you don't know the grand outcome you just know you're heading in a direction that you feel and know is right. And and I think as those as humans, we know when we're in the right place at the right time is that feeling of click. Um, and I can't explain all that, but I do know that we do get that sometimes. And yeah. we, t- we need to be honest with ourselves rather than the common sense and the logic will say, yes, you're getting your bills paid, shut up and put up. Yes, I, I I do understand that, but I also understand that we need to be happy because when you're happy, you perform even higher yeah. than you did. But there is a bridge between those two elements. But yeah. I think to start off, to, before you even start building, is just look at designing, look at what would it look like as much as possible. I love that. 
I, I absolutely love that. I think when when um you know when COVID is is over and is no longer existent and we can all meet in groups again, when you hold a seminar, yeah. I'll I'll come to it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll come to one of your seminars with with three hundred other people and I'll, I'll listen. You're very I, 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 lo- I love that advice. That's really helpful. That's really good. But the thing is, these are all things you can do at home. You won't need me. But to draw that question, um, what I'd do is just probe a bit more. Or sometimes you find if people, you can see they're not being honest with themselves. Oh, they're in denial. It's like, you know what they should say, but it hasn't left their mouth yet. You could say, you know, I sense that you're feeling a bit of fear or I sense that you really wanted to do this, actually, but yeah. you've not admitted it yet. Yeah. And it's it's hard, isn't it? And the older we get, we just think, well, we've got mortgages, we've got families and kids. But the, the thing is, if we're going to enjoy life, that's that's the, the thing and no regrets. And yeah. we don't want to get to an age where we've thought, oh, I wish I'd given that building thing a go. Yeah, yeah. true, 100%. <laughs> and that's how I feel. Really appreciate that. So if people want to find out a little bit more about you and get in touch with you and follow you, how can people find you on social media? Yeah, I think LinkedIn is actually quite alive, um, especially over lockdown. Um, It's become very vibrant. So I'm happy to connect with people on LinkedIn as well. Yeah. And my website links are all on there and anything else I need to know. Fantastic. Well, Joanna, can I say it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. I appreciate it. I think we've spoken for longer than I thought we would, but I just think it's been (laughs) a really good conversation and I've really enjoyed listening. I I, I appreciate the fact that you went deeper into some issues that... Um that you know are very sensitive obviously but you went there and you've been really open and honest and helpful and yeah um with the podcast i appreciate you you coming on and it'd be great in the future (laughs) you know to see how things are maybe in that five year that five year plan just to see how things are going and and be great to chat and catch up with you again absolutely that sounds good to me lovely joanna thank you so much take care you're welcome thank you yes you too well you've made it this far so thanks for listening to this episode of so this works i hope these insights and conversations help to inspire you and please come back for the next one which i hope will encourage you in some way for more information about the podcast please visit the website sowthisworks.co.uk and i hope you'll join me again soon And until next time, take care.